Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today I'd like to welcome our guest Jenny from the United States. Thank you for joining us today, Jenny. My pleasure. I was very happy to come across your organization. Thank you. So can you tell us what it is you take LDN for? Uh, I have a convoluted story, but it all began with breast cancer. And because of that, I have small fiber neuropathy and complex regional pain syndrome, uh, CPRS. CRPS, um, which are both rare diseases. So uh, some of your listeners may or may not be uh, aware of it, that they're neurological diseases. And in the United States, if there's less than 250,000 cases, it's considered rare. Uh, So I ended up on LDN because I had reached the end of my rope with my disorders. We were to the point of using the drug of last resort for treatment, which my doctor considers to be in uh, IVIG, which is intravenous immunoglobins. You can imagine that comes from blood donations and is super expensive and a lot to go through for a treatment. But LDN, my doctor brought up to me, He, uh, Dr. Farhart is actually one of the leading neurologists in the country. He's out of Mass General in Boston. Um, but I'm lucky I live in New Hampshire, about 30, yeah, about 30 miles outside of Boston. And he also has offices here in New Hampshire from Wentworth Douglas Hospital. So I was lucky to get him. It took about a year to get into his office. Like many people, it's it's hard to get into those specialists. And he literally said to me, I have something for you to try. And 50% of my patients have success, which blew me away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get those kind of odds often in medicine. And uh, I was a medical provider in my day. I was an, an emergency medical technician. I worked in critical care, as well as out in the field on an ambulance. So coming from him saying that, it was impressive enough that I said, I got to try this. I got to try this, especially because of everything I read about it. It's not addictive. It doesn't fall into categories of drugs that I like to avoid, opioids and narcotics, which really aren't good for me. Um, So this was an option that was really exciting to come across. And I'm glad I did it. I'm, I'm very glad I did it. And how long ago was that? Oh, geez. Let me think. It's been since August of last year now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am what's called a ketamine infusion patient. Uh, With CRPS and small fiber neuropathy, a lot of the possibilities for treatment are considered experimental or off-label, which LDN is also considered off-label. But ketamine infusions were what got me out of a bed. I was stuck in a bed for about two years. Um, The breast cancer left me with so much damage and post-mastectomy syndrome that I literally was stuck in bed for a couple of years. So ketamine infusions were introduced as an alternative option to being snowed with opioids and narcotics, which is how I was living in that bed. I was taking Oxy. I was put on fentanyl. I was put on Valium. I had emergency oxygen I had to use. I really was, I had gotten to a point of wanting to sign a DNR that, you know, this has gotten too bad. Ketamine infusions stopped that 
stopped me literally from signing the DNR. I had been to the doctor's office. We had talked about it and it just seemed right at the time. And going on these infusions gave me a whole new lease on life. It got me out of the bed, got me into a wheelchair, then got me into a walker. You know, and of course, I've done a lot along with lifestyle changes and dietary changes to facilitate it. But I was glued to the ketamine. I had to have an infusion every four to six weeks or the pain and the burning and feeling like shards of glass were getting stuck into my body that would leave me just writhing in bed would start. And if I waited too long for that infusion, I would just end up devolved into a ball of tears and not able to function or have a quality life. So I had to do them regularly and they're super expensive. I spend $600 for my infusions. Insurance here in the States do not cover it. Unlike the UK, we don't have a national healthcare. So it's a privilege in my country instead of a right. A lot of the treatment that I helped administer as a provider, I can't access now as a patient in need. But the ketamine infusions were, that got me off of the oxy and it got me into a better place. LDN comes along and, oh, you know, you got to try this drug, you got to try this drug. Literally day one, I started noticing a difference. Within the first week or so, the shards of glass that I would feel being just shoved into the bottom of my feet while the ankles and my feet would feel like they were stuck in a briar patch. It was horrible. I, I do pool therapy. I put myself in pool therapy, and we can talk about that later if you want. But when I would go to float in the water, I would get those horrific sensations in my feet, and I'd just cry and wait for it to stop. That stopped with the LDN, literally stopped. As I sit here today with you, I am five months out from my last ketamine infusion. I'm going to have one next week because I am experiencing symptoms more and I'm not going to let it get to a bad point. But five months is insane. Just insane. The longest I'd ever made it before LDN was two months. And that was with pushing it and that was with accepting what I considered acceptable levels of pain. As my pain scale and what you consider a pain scale for somebody else isn't necessarily the, the same CRPS is actually the most painful disease known to modern medicine. And there's literally no approved cures, no approved treatments. Everything our doctors do are from their own knowledge and off-label treatments, which LDN is. But it's a miracle drug in my world because the difference is has made for me is giving me back quality of life that I don't want to be a DNR. I want to hang around. I'm not suffering. You know, life is more enjoyable now. I'm a writer. Um, I'm an artist. I paint. I love my kitchen. I love baking homemade breads. And that is my, my love, my love of life. And when I lost the ability to do that, which had happened in the beginning of last year, I got scared because the ketamine wasn't keeping me well enough and just amazing to me and just such a gift to be able to go on this medication and be able to sit here and say these things to you. I mean... <laughs> I have a blast. I've gone to my doctor's offices and they've come out and watched me in the hall to watch me walk upstairs because I couldn't or to watch me walk down the steps one after another because I couldn't. I have had to take one step at a time for years now. All of this started for me back in 2013. And unfortunately, the cancer we were able to cure, the damage caused by the surgery and everything else, we couldn't cure. And, and so, yeah, that's where I am today. And I'm so amazed by it 
that I've already written about it. And I talk to people a lot about it because I want other people to get that chance, especially with the odds that he gives. And that's, that's pretty damn good to be able to say 50-50, this might work for you. And for me, I feel like such an example of look what happens to me. There's hope because you have to understand CRPS is also called the suicide disease. 70% of people who get it will either attempt or contemplate suicide. And I am among those people. I did contemplate suicide. I didn't consider it suicide. I considered it um, a uh, death with dignity, perhaps, because I felt that I was completely without dignity. It's taken a lot to get here. LDN is not a perfect thing. It's not all by itself. I've changed my dietary habits. I've changed my lifestyle. And I live every day making sure for the best of myself to keep myself alive and enjoying this world. That's my goal every day, to get to wake up and enjoy this world and write or paint or just experience life, be a part of my son's life, you know, and just be a member of society. And, and, and now I'm able to be able to give back to society with my writing. Um, I write for the mighty on a regular basis. I have now for, I think, three years. And uh, just to be able to share what I've gone through to give other people hope. My therapist tells me I'm like the prime example because I wasn't, I didn't start out this way and I'm not always this way. I'm certainly not always perfect. I have down days, absolutely. That's why I have a therapist. I keep her in my back pocket and I'll never get rid of her. She was the best gift I gave myself. But um, I was, that's why I was so excited to come across your organization and the education that you're putting out there. That's, that's what people need to hear about this. They need to know it's a possibility for them. Um, have you seen, uh, we've got many um, medical advisors, but one is Dr. Pradeep Chopra, who's a pain specialist, and he's from Rhode Island, not that yep. far from you. Um, and he wrote a paper on complex regional pain syndrome and LDA. Yes, he did. Have you have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Anytime you have a rare disease, you become the expert in your disease, right? Your doctor maybe got a one-hour lecture. But yes, he's one of the names. He's one of the go-tos for information. One of the first pioneers to really start doing some modern-day writing. This disease was discovered back in the Civil War. But medical science has just been like, eh, you know, very not very uh, into trying to figure it out because there aren't that many of us that get it. So we don't get as many research dollars as other ailments do. Um, the only, sometimes the only reason people will even learn about it through me is because it starts with the breast cancer conversation. Mm -hmm. And that leads into the conversations about how these other things can happen as a result. Um, and nobody's immune. They, you know, science still doesn't have a clue. I'm sure there's genetic factors involved. And I know that I have some genetic factors that I can look at and say, geez, that might have helped. But this disease has been around for so long and received so little. Um, he's such a wonderful soul. <laughs> he's just such a wonderful soul. There's a few. There are a few that are known. Uh, Dr. Fahar, the one I spoke of, he's actually very well known for being the only expert in POTS for, for uh, adolescents on the Eastern Seaboard that I'm aware of. But uh, he actually wrote the um, parameters for the skin punch biopsy that diagnoses small fiber neuropathy. And he believes that CRPS is, in fact, a form of small fiber neuropathy or that small fiber neuropathy is a form of CRPS. I may have said that slightly backwards. Mm -hmm. So he does believe that they're one and the same. 
So this is huge to have anything like this. To me, it's hope that maybe it'll become a tr- an actual treatment listed because we've literally to this moment have no uh, no medically accepted treatment by the FDA or CDC. I remember hearing a, si- a similar story to yours. Um, I actually went to see this lady in England um, and she was saying that she was living with her pain on a nine to a 10 every day and life just wasn't worth living. She was in so much pain and she used to call the ambulance to to take her into hospital when she really just couldn't take any more. And she said she can remember one day there was nowhere for her to go in the hospital. She was on a trolley in the corridor and she said she just couldn't stand. There was somebody screaming, 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 screaming. And she said it was really getting on her nerves. So when a doctor walked past, she said, can you do something for that poor person who's screaming? And she didn't realize it was her who was oh doing my. The screaming. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, gotten, and that story had stuck with me, you know, that she was in such a bad place. She didn't even know it was her that was doing the uh, screaming. Pain and, is a horrible, horrible thing that literally destroys life. What people don't understand about chronic pain is that we never get a break. If you're getting tortured by somebody, they're going to take a break to go eat. They're going to take a break and go sleep. You're going to get a break from that torturer at some point. With chronic pain, especially things of this nature, there's never that break. Even when you're sleeping, your body is feeling it. It's disrupting your sleep. It's causing muscle tension. You're waking up with spasms. It never stops. It's absolutely maddening if there isn't appropriate medical care. Exactly. And as I'm sure our listeners will probably be saying, you know, I experience pain, but I have pain with XYZ. Many autoimmune diseases have a pain element of some form or other. And there really isn't, any healthy way of dealing with pain as in taking all the opioids and everything people don't understand it they're not good for your organs are they and they're very very addictive um and ldn is the opposite of that and for 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 what it sounds like it could be potentially for 50 percent of the people the thing about pain in order to really understand it is we as patients and providers need to talk about the mcgill pain scale and that's the scientific method of understanding pain it's the chart that's literally used medically around the globe to understand where pain falls you know there's there's a level of course for women giving birth without medicine to getting a kidney stone or whatever that may be, the McGill pain scale tops out at 50. The very top of the scale at about 48 is CRPS, is complex regional pain syndrome. It's literally scientifically the worst pain disease in the world to the point where people get amputations. There was a, a famous Paralympian um, named Farut. She had, had was a double amputee on her legs, in part very much so because of CRPS, because the pain was so great the only way to control it was to literally cut off her legs. Ooh. Her, she, she was a Paralympian, she lived, but she got to a point where the pain was globally everywhere. And she ended up leaving the United States and going to Belgium for assisted suicide 
so she could have death with dignity because she was at that place where it was literally unlivable. And, and it's hard to say that, but it's a truth. And it's a truth that we face and we need to talk about that. It's when people don't talk about that, that more CRPS patients do end up committing suicide because they don't believe there's any other option. And that's where we, and, and nowadays too, pain patients are used as the scapegoats for um, addictive behaviors here in the United States. Um, they blame, a lot of them blame chronic pain patients for illicit drugs in the street. And that's not true. What we have in the United States is a fentanyl crisis, an illicit fentanyl crisis that's coming in from our borders from everywhere. It comes in through Canada, it comes in through Mexico, it comes in everywhere, and we are losing lives from it. But it's not because of chronic pain patients selling their meds. If anything, they ration them to themselves because they only get so many. And you think, I think I can go another two hours with this pain before taking something. That's what we do. We have to negotiate for when it's okay to take something or not take something. Um, so I'm very excited about this because now I am not taking, I don't, I don't even take, I, once in a while I'll take a Tylenol or an ibuprofen, but I'm not having to take drugs because my pain is being controlled. And I believe that with LDN, the reason is because it's not covering it up. Most of what they give us is to cover up pain. Opioids and narcotics are to deaden your system to the pain. The pain still exists. It's not doing anything to stop it. LDN actually helps our bodies stop the pain by changing our, our, tricking our bodies, if you will, to think that they don't have enough happy, happy chemicals. And that tricks our body into making more. Those happy chemicals that you also hear called the runner's high are the body's natural morphine. And the other thing that LDN, um, what I've noticed from everything I've been reading is that it also helps with bringing down inflammation. And a lot of these neurological diseases are, are inflammatory in nature, which it's like I, I've changed my diet to an anti-inflammatory diet. I intentionally put food into my body that helps to bring down that inflammation. And since I've been on LDN, little side effect is my white count is actually normal now. <laughs> uh. For years, my white count has been elevated because I'm always inflamed. But I actually have a normal white count, <laughs> which is a nice thing. It's <laughs> The little, there's some side effects from it that aren't so bad and, and other ones, you know, but it's nice to say that one of the nice little side effects I've gotten is that, oh, I've also lost weight. <laughs> and That's I'll take that. Side effect. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Now it's, I've had problems with nausea. Um, I had problems with nightmares. So we switched my medication from at night to first thing in the morning. And that seems to stop the nightmares and, it, and I don't have morning sickness anymore is what I was calling it. So for me, we just had to change where I was taking it. Everybody's body is different. And that's, you know, our doctors need to monitor our doses and make sure that we're at the right dose for the right, and we're taking it at the right time to help our bodies. So I've been very, very lucky to fall into this treatment, to come to have my doctor bring it to me, which is wonderful. It, you know, a lot of times with these diseases, the doctors go, we always hope, we always hope that something will happen. And in this case, finally, something has happened. And it's an old school med that in much higher doses is used for a way different pur purpose. But lo and behold, at a low dose, what it can do for CRPS and small fiber neuropathy is amazing to me. It really is. And I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to sell you on it or something, but it's that big of a difference for me. 
I'm I mean, to be able to walk up and down stairs like a normal human being, one foot over the other, made me feel hmm, validation, validation. And actually, the LDN is very validating in, in and of itself because of the difference it's made in my body. It goes to show you what it does neuropathically to the human body to change things. I never knew a pain level less than four, even on ketamine. I've legit looked at my doctor and said, we're barely a one-ish, two-ish right now. And that's only happened on LDN. That's literally only happened on the LDN. Well, we've come to the end now. But what I would like to do is next year, when you've been on LDN longer, to see yes. how you are. Um, Absolutely. Personally, it took me 18 months to get to where I am today. So, you know, you, you may improve for several more months to come. Absolutely. So, they do say that it can take at least a year to get to the full effect, which is exciting to me because this is so wonderful. What what could that be like <laughs> next August? What's it going to be like, you know, after having a year on the medication? Thank you so much for having me on. This has well, been a lot you. of fun to talk about. Yeah. Very inspirational for everybody. And I thank you. Well, very if you much. want to check me out, you can look me up at jencoffee.com, J-E-N-N-C-O-F-F-E-Y.com. I post my artwork. I post my articles and just sometimes thoughts or food recipes. Come hang out with me and feel free to hit me up with questions if you have any. I'm an open book when it comes to this stuff. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.